0: Business is a competition. There are winners and losers. There's always someone trying to take your business away. And in business, just like sports, there are players, there are coaches. And there is a scoreboard. Welcome to the Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Whether you're a manager, executive, business owner, salesperson, or entrepreneur, the Business Locker Room is a show that will create content and conversations that will help you improve your business.
1: Now, let's join your host, Kelly Riggs. Hey, and welcome to the Business Locker Room. I am your host, Kelly Riggs. The very first installment. Of a radio show that I hope is going to be around a long time. Great to have you on board. Thanks for joining us. And if you're listening on podcast, uh, great to have you as well. First things first, let me direct you to the website where you can always keep up with the show. Shows that we have coming up, or you can download previous shows, find out about our guests, and uh, look at some of the material that we cover throughout the shows. You can find us at bizlockerroom.com. B I Z lockerroom.com This is a show where I'm going to discuss uh, practical business tools and ideas that you can use, whether you're a manager, a, a leader of some type, sales, a salesperson, marketing, business startups, all those kinds of things, or maybe you're just interested in business or looking at starting your own. This show is about finding great guests, getting compelling conversations on the air, and leaving you with some content that you can use. Today, lots of good stuff going on right out of the chute today. What a great show. Got Dan Walshmit lined up. Dan is uh, one of those guys that you absolutely don't want to miss in terms of a radio show. He's an international business consultant, a renowned blogger, and he's just released a new book called Edgy Conversations. And I'm excited to talk with Dan. We're going to talk about all things edgy in business. Should be a good time with him. Uh, this fantastic book. Just finished reading it just a little while ago. I was going through some notes. Can't wait to have that discussion with Dan. He is an interesting guy, and I can assure you we're going to learn some things today that are going to make a difference, something that you can take and you can use. You can go back into your business life and do something with starting tomorrow. Later on in the show, Miles Austin will join me as well from fillthefunnel.com. We're going to talk X's and O's with Miles. We're going to be looking at uh, a, a tool that he has come across called Refresh. I'm excited about it. It's a way to connect all your social networks and connect it to your business calendar, kind of give you a heads up as you go throughout the day, all of your research all in one place for the people that you're going to meet with during the day. Miles will have all the information about that as, as we go along. So a lot of things to do in today's show I want to uh, welcome you again. Welcome to the Business Locker Room. I am your host, Kelly Riggs. You can find me on Twitter, at Kelly Riggs, and certainly you can find us uh, all over the internet. But to all of those links, uh, you can find it, bizlockerroom.com. A couple of interesting articles run across my desk in the past couple of weeks that I thought I would start the show with today. Ran across an article called, Five Things that super lucky people do by Kevin Dom. i reach out to Kevin and see if we can't get him on the show down the road. He looks like a very interesting guy, Inc. 500 entrepreneur, more than a billion dollars in sales and marketing track record, and also the best-selling author of a book called Video Marketing for Dummies, something I could use, I'm sure. But uh, great to get him on board if we can do that. But he wrote an article that was uh, published just recently, five things that super lucky people do. Interesting excerpt from this. He says, uh, I've often witnessed people excuse their own inadequacies by crediting the success of others to luck. For instance, salespeople I know disparage their more successful competitors as lucky. If those people would make as many calls or work as many hours as their competitors, they would realize that their probability of closing is fairly equal. He says He goes on to say, the truth is, is that seemingly lucky people are just opportunists. They do the things that allow them to take advantage of the world around them. Interesting uh, take on this, and and I want to talk to you about the five things he's got on here in terms of the things that lucky people do. Number one, they play to their strengths. He said, so much time and energy is wasted trying to do the things you probably don't do very well. Reminds me uh, of a quotation uh, that says, there's nothing quite so useless as doing something with great efficiency Um, that doesn't need to be done at all from Peter Drucker, always one of my favorite quotes out there. Number two, he says, uh, lucky people prepare in advance. Unlucky people often get that way because they're reactive and my own personal work, my own personal consulting work uh, is probably the most consistent thing that you see. Most managers, most leaders are always in reactive mode and uh, just fighting fires on a daily basis. Crisis management is, uh, is the norm rather than the exception. Preparing in advance, he says, uh, is what lucky people consistently do. Here's another one. They start early. Some people just seem to have more hours in the day. He goes on to say he's writing this particular article at three o'clock in the morning. But uh, successful people or lucky people, the super lucky people out there always seem to be at work long before we are. They start early. Number four, they connect with as many people as possible. And I, I look at the people that I interact with that are very successful. And, it, boy, that certainly seems to be true. I've had the, the experience of being around some really, really successful people. And the one thing they all have in common is they're just great people, people. They really network well, and they're always looking for ways to bring value to relationship. a little bit, uh, to Dan walshmit about that very principle later in the show. And then finally, number five is that uh, the super lucky people always seem to be great at follow-up. Opportunities often come and go because people don't respond In a timely manner. I'm always amazed when people ask me for something and I respond only to never hear from them again. And isn't that true? I mean, so many times we're so busy going from one task to the next uh, that we forget that follow-up is often the key to developing a great relationship. So those five things, uh, according to Kevin Dom, five things that super lucky people do: they play to your strengths, uh, their own strengths; they prepare in advance; they start early; they connect with as many people as possible. And they follow up. So much of what we'll do in the business locker room is is bringing content and great conversations to the show that will allow you to take something away, something that you can use, or certainly material that you can go find on your own and turn around and make some use out of it in your own. That same road is a Harvard Business Review blog post that I read just a couple of weeks ago, uh, posted on the 19th of March by Sarah Green, and it's entitled The Daily Routines of Geniuses. So uh, you know, if you can't fall into the realm of geniuses, maybe you can fall back on being super lucky. But she was talking about the routines of uh, geniuses, and there are several things listed here in the, in the work uh, that she was reviewing. She was reviewing a book called Daily Rituals, How Artists Work, uh, looking at 161 different painters and writers and composers as well as philosophers and scientists and so forth. And uh, came across uh, a consistency of things that people do. The first one she mentions is a workspace with minimal distractions, which I find to be so very interesting. It, so many people that I work with and have the opportunity to interact with, uh, typically, <laughs> I look around my own office, uh, there's a lot of distractions going on. But she says geniuses is their ability to focus and to have very minimal distractions. Here's a second one I found really interesting, a daily walk taking a walk. Charles Dickens famously took 3-hour walks every afternoon. I'm quite certain I've not met the manager or leader who's taking 3-hour walks every afternoon. Tchaikovsky may do with a 2-hour walk, but he wouldn't return a moment early. He convinced that he cheated himself if he didn't take the first the full 120 minutes. Beethoven took lengthy strolls after lunch and he took a pencil and paper in case he had an inspiration on the walk. And he goes on to mention several of those. I find that to be interesting. You know, in, in talking with some of the successful people that I've been privileged to know, I, I know that there's always downtime where they refresh, recharge. It's time where they set aside to have those inspirations. Certainly having a daily walk seems to be consistent. Again, we're talking about the daily routines of geniuses. They talk about writers who always Uh, were required to write a certain amount of time or a certain amount of words or something like that, setting timers to make sure that they, they condition themselves and discipline themselves to be good at what they did. A clear dividing line between important work and busy work. She says before there was email, there were letters. And she was amazed to see the amount of time that each person allocated simply to answering letters. We don't think about that much anymore, but that uh, interpersonal contact, those direct relationship contacts, so very critical even in today's world. And we're trying to substitute email and the kind of communication that happens in email for those kinds of personal connections. A habit of stopping not when you're on a roll, but uh, or excuse me, a habit of stopping when you're on a roll, not when you're stuck. In other words, uh, when you're doing well, which seems to kind of fly in the face of something we've always heard as salespeople, and that is the best time to uh, make a sale. Is right after you've made a sale, or the best time to make a, you've made a sale. But it seems that geniuses have a habit of stopping when they're on a roll and not when they're stuck. Of course, this one will, will uh, I think, resonate with most people a supportive partner, someone who's always supportive in terms of what you're doing. And that subject might come up with uh, Dan Walshmit later in our show as well as we talk about edgy conversations. And then finally, limited social lives. I don't think that one's going to fly very well. but. Uh, They they talk about the the amount of focus that geniuses seem to have and the task focus that they have. Um, This last habit, relative isolation, doesn't sound as appealing as some of the others, but uh, it it seems to be one of those things that are consistent with those people who are geniuses. So a couple of interesting articles just coming across uh, my desk this week. The five things that super lucky people do. And uh, the daily routines of geniuses, and we'll have links to those at the Biz Locker Room, BizLockerRoom.com, after the show if you want to track those down and and read them on your own. Lots of good things coming down the road. I got to tell you, there's uh, I've got quite the guest list and shows down the road. Next week, on April the fourteenth, Monday, at uh, three o'clock central, one o'clock Pacific time, four o'clock Eastern. On the show next week, we'll have Danny Cahill joining us. If you don't recognize the name, he was the winner of the Season 8 Biggest Loser. He, in fact, is the biggest loser ever, and his message is Lose Your Quit. We'll be talking about ways to lose your quit and uh, how it's impacted his business life. Has absolutely transformed his business life as he lost well over 50% of his body weight. He'll join us in the locker room next week, as well as Robert Clara, who is a feature writer for AdWeek. We'll look at one of the articles uh, that he wrote recently, one that I found interesting. For some retail brands, lifetime guarantees never went out of fashion. We'll talk about lifetime guarantees and how they impact business processes and business work and the kind of companies that are utilizing those today. Well, we're going to take a quick time out. We're going to come back on the other side, though. We're going to have Dan Walshmit join us, and we're going to talk a whole lot more about his brand new book edgy conversations you're listening to the business locker room on voice america i'll be right back
2: when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network
0: kelly riggs is an author a highly acclaimed speaker and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country now in his eighth year as founder and president of vmax performance group Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, A Step-by-Step Guide to a Hall of Fame Career in Sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit vmaxpg.com. That's vmaxpg.com. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Joke All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk.
2: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network.
1: Hey, and welcome back to The Business Locker Room, the show where we discuss practical tools and ideas for all types of business people, looking at management, leadership, sales, marketing, business development, business owners, you name it. Great conversations and powerful content that you can use. Excited to have a part of The Locker Room today. Dan Walshmit. he's an international business strategist. He's a speaker, an author, and an extreme athlete. Excited to hear a little bit more about that. And his consulting firm, Walshmit Partners, solves complex marketing and business strategy problems for savvy companies all over the world. Interestingly enough, he's been writing a blog that's been described as one of the top sales blogs on the internet by Dow Jones. He started writing that many, many years ago, and he's been profiled in a whole lot of big media outlets, Business Week, Fox News, Today Show, many, many more. Most recently, he has written a book called Edgy Conversations, How Ordinary People Achieve Outrageous Success. Dan, welcome to the show.
3: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited about it, man. Brand new show. You've got an
1: awesome lineup. I'm excited to be with you. Your first guest. Yeah, absolutely, and I can't think of a better guest, you know, because just just the very idea about your book, the the title "Edgy Conversations," you know, it creates a certain amount of expectations. Dan, I had some ideas about what I thought I was going to read, and frankly, it, it it didn't go there at all. I mean, just just one part of it where you talk about extreme behavior, but that word "edgy" is actually an acronym that you use to talk about four critical concepts principles that you think are a very uh, distinctive part. Of success, consistent success. Tell me about EDGY. When and how did that develop? EDGY is an acronym, as you said. We, we looked at a thousand ordinary people who achieved outrageous success.
3: I mean, the sort of people whose stories are unbelievable, the stuff of legends. We looked at ordinary people who pulled themselves up from poverty, and we said, What are these people doing? Uh, my last name isn't Trump. Uh, I don't have a Harvard degree, uh, so I'm ordinary. And and I want to know what ordinary people are doing that are amazing. We spent thousands of hours looking what those ordinary people did, researching, studying, interviewing. We came away with four qualities, extreme behavior, disciplined activity, a giving mindset, and what we call human strategy. Of course, we spelled human with a Y instead of an H. It's kind of our funny little way of uh, teasing the whole subject. But we found all of those qualities in all thousand people that we looked at
1: of those are, are, are fairly intuitive, you, you ex, extreme behavior, people who are willing to go above and beyond to be successful, and certainly disciplined activity makes sense, but it's the last two that seem to throw people for a loop, and it's really where I was pleasantly surprised as I read your book. Yeah,
3: that's right, and also the one, one thing that was pretty interesting in, in, the, in the discovery of discipline under discipline, one of the, learning, uh, one of the things that we learned quite a bit was that there were two sides to discipline. There was the doing side of discipline, which, you know, you're going to talk a lot about here on your show. You know, you've got to do certain things. You've got to get in the game. You, get, you know, if you're, going to, if you're going to play hard, you've got to practice hard, all of that. But there was another side of discipline that com- caught us completely unaware, and that was the idea of denying, and that successful people have a track record of saying no to things. They say the things that maybe they're deserved. They, they deserve to say yes to, you know, fancy cars, You know, all the latest and greatest gadgets, getting notoriety quickly, being successful quickly. They said no, 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 no. They denied themselves. And so, as you mentioned in your previous article about getting lucky, when an opportunity came along, because they had this track record of saying no, 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 they were able to say yes. And when everyone else around them was just, their hands were tied by debt or by physical condition, uh, or by just not, not, not having enough courage to follow that, they looked lucky. It wasn't lucky at all. It was the discipline of denying. It really caught us. It uh, was kind of one of those uh, forehead slapping moments where we said, ah, now I get what this idea of discipline is. Most of us are good at saying, yes, 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 I will do that. I will do it by this time. I will do it again tomorrow. But when it comes it is- to saying no, do it feels good, that's
1: what hurts. Well, do you find that to be even more true today, Dan? I mean, is that a generational thing where, where people of older generations, were they much more apt to be willing to give up on some things or to get, you know, not take those things now and, and take them later as a reward? Or, and, and is that different than today, or is it a generational thing, or do you just find it as a consistent habit across generations? I think it's actually across generations. The negative part of me says,
3: "Yes, there's definitely some broad generational strokes." But if you look at even the the founder of WhatsApp, who sold his company to Facebook for you know uh, billions and billions of dollars, almost twenty billion dollars, you know he himself was was a master of denying. In fact, for a certain period of time, was taking government assistance. Uh, he tried to work at Twitter, tried to work at Facebook, got denied, got denied, said, I'm going to go make it work. He had nothing. He was broke. And so instead of buying a home and getting a real job, he, he, he couch surfed. That's a nice way of saying being homeless, right? Right. (laughs) A few couches, found his way, and began to peck away at making something that 450 people, 450 million people, excuse me, a month, use and Facebook acquired. So I do think that, yes, across broad strokes, it does seem like generationally, we have devices that give us everything we want quickly, but I would tell you, in spite of that generational propensity to
1: have right now, successful people still say no. Wow. We're talking with Dan Walshmit. He's the author of Edgy Conversations How Ordinary People Achieve Outrageous Success. You know, Dan, one of the things I found is. In, in my own work is that there, there's this real unwillingness, uh, to do the difficult things that aren't quite as sexy. The thing that I think of the most is, is it, strategic planning or, or planning out how I'm going to accomplish something, creating a detailed path for exactly what I'm going to do, take t- step by step. You know, it's just not nearly as sexy as the latest tool or technique or idea. I, I, what is that it, that successful people do that allow them to get over that hump that they're willing to do those things that are, you know, not quite as fancy? Oh, we, I label this as extreme effort because uh, as you mentioned in that article about getting lucky, I think there's so
3: many tie-ins, but, um, but successful people put in the effort that other people make excuses for, you know, and Kelly, they're great excuses. It's not like, hey, I'm going to go murder someone so I can't work hard, right? That, that's ridiculous. It's more like, hey, Kelly, I would work hard except I need to be balanced, I need to work hard except I want to go to my kid's soccer game. Right, nothing wrong with going to your kid's soccer game, but, uh, you know. I I would do more. I would do the things that I need to do, like you just mentioned. I would follow up. I would follow through. But we as a family are going to watch a TV show together. And that family event is really important to us. And, And we're really good at making these excuses that sound great. You can even raise your hand in church and say, bless God, I'm doing everything I should be. And they're all excuses for avoiding what really needs to be done. And shame on us because we then turn around and say, well if I was supposed to be rich, I would be rich. And the reality is, no, you're not rich you're not successful you're not where you want to be because you're too lazy to do the things that you really absolutely must do right now
1: so what you're saying if i'm hearing you right is that there really is the opportunity to have a balanced life and to still put in the work effort that allows you to be successful i think most people see those things as mutually mutually exclusive but you do not it's about harming I think absolute balance is silly. I mean, so
3: if I work for eight hours a day, do I have to eat breakfast for eight hours a day? You know, know, if I watch one hour of TV, does that mean I need to go jog on a treadmill for one hour? If we make everything balanced, uh, it gets really silly. And by the way, I'll make the observation that the only thing that we try to keep balanced is work and home. And I think that's really interesting. That for some reason it started back in the 90s. We started trying to get really mental with work. We say, "Leave that at work. Just bring your, you know, bring your home self home and leave your business self at the office." And we became this really bipolar, not really sure what we're going to do, not sure what we're passionate about. It's all confusing. Here's what I say: If you want something, go and get it. Forget about being balanced. Ordinary people who achieve outrageous success aren't balanced. They're a little bit wacky because when no one believes in them, they believe in themselves. And, when, and that's just a definition of being weird is to do something. When everyone says stop, be reasonable, slow down, get a real job, don't you see that you should be quitting already? And weird people don't believe any of that. They don't have quote-unquote, balance, they just keep moving ahead. Now, does that mean you need uh, that you avoid doing things that are good? No. You can still be there for your family. You can still be there for your church and your community and your work and all of those things you don't need to avoid and make excuses. That's a lot of what this book is about. Stop saying, uh, uh, stop
1: giving excuses and start doing the things you know already you need to do. Yeah, a concept that's sort of near and dear to my heart. My my last book out is called Quit Whining and Start Selling. So I share I share some of your passions here. But you know, to the outsider who's listening to you perhaps for the first time, they might be thinking, wow, this guy's kind of out there, you know, he's he's calling me a sissy and a whiner and he doesn't know anything about me. And the fact of the matter is, he doesn't understand. I mean, I've got circumstances, I've got issues, I've got challenges, you know, that whole thing about being extreme and disciplined, that all sounds good on paper, but how does it translate in the real real world what would you say to someone like that
3: well i mean (laughs) whenever i hear someone say you don't get me i'll say i think i get you more than you actually want to (laughs) admit i'm an ordinary dude i dropped out of college twice made millions of dollars in my 20s by pulling myself up from my fingertips. You look at somebody who doesn't graduate from college, Do you, know you know what they call those people? They call us losers because we right. don't graduate, because we don't have the degree we need to get ahead in life. And yet, I did it. And you know what? It's not even about me. It's about the thousand ordinary people who looked at it who were just like me. Guys like Henry Ford who went bankrupt five times before he got it right. William H. Macy who went bankrupt four times before he got it right. Harlan Sanders who was 65 when they shut down the road they went by his restaurant. He was left almost bankrupt with a three-by-five card that just had a recipe on it for fried chicken. And for the next 25 years, he spent his life traveling the globe building a billion-dollar brand about fried chicken. And shame on us for making so many excuses about the things that we would probably call much more sophisticated than fried chicken. I mean, this is tough love. This is the truth that we need to hear. This is why we're not successful because when things get tough, and, and, and the pressure is on, we say, oh, well, if you knew what I was going through, I don't need to know what you're going through. The reality is what you're going through doesn't compare, compel to come someone like Carl Brashear, who's in the book, who spent hours in hypothermic conditions only because he was a black man trying to do a white man's job when, when we look down on those sort of things in America, right? And Absolutely he was a man right. who his, his will brought him back.
1: Yeah, one of the things I would tell the audience listening in is you got to grab a copy of The Edgy Side of Business by Dan Walshmit. It's available on Kindle. You can find it on his website. In fact, you can find a link on bizlockerroom.com. It is a phenomenal book full of stories, just like the one Dan just mentioned, the kind of stories that really allow you to see how these things work in action, what is possible if you're willing to do things a little bit differently. We've been talking about extreme behavior and discipline activity. When we come back on the other side of our break, we're going to talk about the other two pieces of edgy, and that's giving mindset and a human strategy. But before we go to break, I want to ask you, Dan, tell me a little bit about, uh, you, you know, you start off the book talking about a really uh, deep time in your own life, a very dark period yeah. of your life, and uh, it, it's, it's pretty scary, actually. will not you recount that a little bit for us?
3: Well, you know, I, I, I write about a time I've never, I had not talked about much, uh, in, uh, and obviously even on keynotes when you're standing in front of a stage, and talk about how much money you made, but what I realized in writing this is that I had a lot of baggage from growing up, and I was in a lot of pain despite making a lot of money, and, and I realized probably what we'll talk about later, which is that the whole idea of healing and, and, and being broken and, uh, you know, I realize that a life and being successful isn't all about money. Uh, there are things that can bring us to our knees pretty quickly, right? And and Absolutely. in those moments when you're on your knees and you're feeling like, man, I, I, this is it, you want to make sure that what you're doing matters. And this is where right. that no excuses is so important because if you're making excuses for your life, you may find yourself in a dark moment where you say, look, what I'm doing is crap and I need to change. And that's where I found myself. And part of that was the impetus for me digging into ordinary people to see, am I alone or, or other people? Have other people met this challenge? And I, I realized that that challenge is all around us. Um, it's you. It's me. It's the executives that we sell to. It's the people at our office, at our communities, at our gyms. And we're going through a lot. And success isn't as easy as we try to make it. Uh, but there is a clear path if you take it step by step by step.
1: I agree with that. Uh, interesting for those listening. I'm going to leave the details in the book, but suffice it to say that Dan found himself at a point where he uh, very seriously contemplated taking his own life. And I can only imagine the darkness that associated with that. He is Dan Walshmit, He is the author of Edgy Conversations. We're going to take a quick time out. We're going to have uh, Dan stick around and come back and join us in the next segment. And again, we'll talk more about uh, the idea of being edgy. And we're going to give special consideration to a giving mindset and a human strategy. You're listening to The Business Locker Room on Voice America. I'll be right back.
2: The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network.
0: Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, A Step-by-Step Guide to a Hall of Fame Career in Sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit vmaxpg.com. That's vmaxpg.com. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
2: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
1: Welcome back to the Business Locker Room. Every Monday, 3 p.m. Central, 1 o'clock Pacific, 4 o'clock Eastern. want to make sure you uh, check us out next week. Danny Cahill, The Biggest Loser, Season 8, will join us. And he is still, to this day, uh, the biggest loser in the history of the show. Lost over 55% of his body weight. And he has got an enormous career going uh, in uh, the speaking and consulting world. Excited to have him on board. We're talking with Dan Walshmith. He's the author of Edgy Conversations. And uh, we, we were talking about the first couple of aspects of that, Dan, talking about extreme behavior and discipline activity. But I want to turn a little bit uh, now towards uh, the, the G part of that, and that is the giving mindset. And there was a part in the book that I wanted to reference. Uh, I, I felt like this was something that really caught my ear here. Having a human strategy is the key differentiator between those who achieve outrageous success and those who don't. And I find that interesting. I mean, of all the things that could create differentiation between companies or people, you're saying it is the people that have a strategy, a human strategy that really creates that differentiation. Tell us more about that.
3: You know, whether it's Steve Jobs understanding that people want a sexy phone to feel better about themselves, or Costco giving away free food samples in the middle of the aisle, uh, people who understand people better do better. And, and, and there's another way to say that is this, that uh, heroes heal. If you're looking for a quick tagline to share with your team, it's that simple concept of heroes heal. Uh, there's a lot of... A lot of life that's broken. People want more for themselves. People make mistakes. Uh, over time, uh, people's baggage builds up. And there's a lot of things hiding behind the smiles on our faces each morning. And yeah, it's, it's interesting, w- isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, when we, you, we, when go, you, we go when through you life.
3: We take the time to heal people, it, get, it gets better.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. In fact, Simon Sinek just did a a really cool YouTube video where he was talking about uh, the different chemicals that work in our body. You know, when we go that extra mile to make someone feel special, it actually is uh, a reciprocal thing. It actually works for us. turns out we're engineered that way.
3: Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly right. I was telling uh, a CEO friend of mine, I was feeling bummed a few days ago, went out running in the park. I ended up running about 16 and a half miles. And as I was running through the park, I saw some nurses, you know, they, they were in the, in the, the, the tops they were. you could tell they were a nurse. There were a few girls that, that seemed to be mentally challenged that they were shepherding through the park on a day out. And they started giggling when they saw me, and I stopped and, and waved and, and blew a kiss and kept running. And I thought that went through my head was shame on me. You're here pouting about crap in the office, and here's young ladies who are mentally challenged, perhaps for their entire life, who just want to walk through the park. And that, you know, that was a reminder to me that, that human strategy to say, "Listen, Dan, it's not about you; it's about other people." Sure, yeah, get your head in the game.
1: Yeah, and I, and I said we were going to start on the giving side. I actually took that excerpt from from Human Strategy, but this goes really well with it. I mean, one of the one of the highlighted quotes in your book is giving is one of the most Consistently reliable strategies for long-term success. In fact, what we were just talking about is noticing other people. Is just a form of that kind of giving. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. You know, sometimes
3: giving is a smile. Sometimes giving is just if you're in the retail business, looking at a consumer for one extra second, so that they know that you really care about them, not the clothes you're folding or the coffee that you're brewing behind the counter. Just looking at someone, and saying welcome. And that one extra second makes all the difference in the world. Giving isn't so much about dropping your price. It's not so much about giving a flash discount. It's about making sure people know you
1: care. It's such a tremendous difference. Absolutely. Talking with Dan Walshmit, he's the author of Edgy Conversations, and we're making our way through edgy. It turns out E-D-G-Y are four concepts uh, that that Dan has associated with success in studying a thousand different people who became extraordinary. And on the human strategy side, there's an excerpt on page 119 where you you talk about how pain and fear drive your actions, and you talk about Mm. the transition from when we're young and we're really, my words, not yours, we're too stupid to be scared. And you say, you were told that you needed to grow up and stop dreaming. You need to be reasonable and not set your expectations too high. And I understand that your parents and teachers and peers had good intentions and didn't get want you to get hurt but they taught you to be afraid of anything that might cause you pain. i got to tell you, I ran across another article this week out of the Atlantic Magazine called The Overprotected Kid, uh, written by Hannah Rosen. It uh, came out on the 19th of March. And this was the pull quote from the article, a preoccupation with safety, risk-taking and discovery without making it safer. That sounds, seems to me to be saying exactly the same thing you are.
3: Yeah, you know, when I think about it, I have kids 2, 7, and 9, and uh, I think about my kids who I love dearly, and I, I wonder all the times I'm shouting at my daughter who's two. No, no, no! Don't eat that! Don't eat that! And what happens is, you know, she wants to lick the floor, right? Something's down there, and right. I, I know how just dis- how disgusting that is. But what happens is, we 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 learn, and you know, we see the grass rustling in the distance, and kind of our primal nature comes out and go. Oh, there's a lion. That's gonna get me. There's no line, that's just the way the wind is blowing that day, right? And so Mm -hmm. but it's important to realize that, that not sometimes uh you know, what you see is not really there and sometimes what you don't hear wasn't said. Often it's like, Oh, well they didn't say this and we infer this and you know you've been on many sales calls where you hang up and it goes, Oh man you spend an hour obsessing over stuff that, that's all made up. It's all in our minds. Somebody didn't say something, so this must be true. And everyone's afraid to say, hey, can I ask you a really candid question? Are we in the running for this deal or not? Right. You know, and, and so I think that's really important is to understand how pain, which is real physical, and we call fear is the memory of that pain. Just understanding how prevalent those are in shaping every decision we make. One observation we make in the book is that the same irrational behavior we often find inexcusable in others is the exact default wiring for how we ourselves make decisions so before we go
1: judging somebody else just think about that that's how you make a decision yourself too yeah it's interesting how we make a correlation if we've had conflict in the past then we assume that every interaction is going to involve the same kind of conflict that would certainly be true in sales wouldn't you think
3: absolutely it's
1: true it's important to also remember it's important to uh, remember as well that
3: you know. You know, you're a busy person. So you have to expect that the other person's busy. They they don't hate you, and they're probably not trying to con you. Yes, maybe one out of a thousand times somebody's out to pull the rug out from underneath you and make you look like a fool, steal your customers, make you make you drop your price unfairly. You know what? Most of the time it is they're just really, really, really busy, or they have a boss who's a jerk, and they're trying to manage him. They don't care about you. It's not that you're not you're bad. It's just they're too busy to notice. And so when your emails and your calls and your voicemails, you're thinking, oh, they're not getting back to me, and this is horrible and bad. And the reality is, no, it's just Busy. That's what humans who are successful, ordinary people who are successful, understand human nature. They don't try to dream up these wild fantasies of people being evil or con artists. They just know that we're busy, and busy people get tired. Busy people get stressed out. And that's what the business world is all around us. So if you can adapt to that, if you can plan for people to be busy, how would a busy person like to read their email? They probably want short emails. They want to the point emails. So. Let that drive
1: how you market, how you sell, and you'll be way more successful. He's Dan Waldschmidt, and uh, he's a guy you got to get to know. If you're not following him on Twitter, you can find him at, at DanWaldo, and danwaldschmidt.com is his um website address. You can find his blog there as well, and you can sign up for a daily dose of Edgy. I can promise you it's going to be worth it. Dan, great conversation. No way we could do justice to the book in uh, just a short period of time. Love to have you come back and try to get another time. I'm excited to be your first guest. Thank you for having me. It was great. He is, uh, again, an international consultant. Uh, He's been widely recognized as having one of the top sales blogs on the Internet. Hey, I want to introduce you to um, 4D Sales. 4D Sales is one of our partners here on the show, and this is a company that started about two years ago. Three guys with about 80 years of sales and sales management expertise. They got together to examine how they could use mobile technology, uh, iPhones, iPads, different kinds of tablets, and leverage those tools to truly change the way that uh, we do sales calls. If you're a salesperson, sales manager, if you have salespeople working for you, this is a tool you need to take a look at. It's a tablet-based sales tool that is available for both iPad and Windows 8 devices, and it really is changing the way salespeople present information. Uh, Very interactive, visually appealing, and you always have everything that you need as a salesperson right at your fingertip. In fact, I've started using the 4D sales tool, and it, it is something remarkable. Quite a long time, been selling for over 30 years now. 4D Sales is truly a very easy to use tool that will amplify and accelerate your sales team's ability to sell more business. The neat thing about it is the consistency. All of your salespeople can have exactly the same materials, updated, current all the time, available right at your fingertips. I'm talking about price lists, brochures, PDFs. Slide decks, web pages, videos, anything you can imagine that you would use in a video interactive sales call, something that you could let your customers see right now, 4D Sales puts it all together in one package. Absolutely a phenomenal tool. Highly recommend it. I want to encourage you to jump on bizlockerroom.com and click on the banner for uh, 4D sales, or you can visit them directly at www.4dsales.com. We're going to take our final time out, and when we come back on the other side, we'll be joined by Miles Austin. We're going to talk X's and O's. We're going to look at online tools that you can use. This, and uh, I can't wait to get Miles on board. You're listening to the Business Locker Room on Voice America. I will be right back.
2: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, A Step-by-Step Guide to a Hall of Fame Career in Sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
2: The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Business Locker Room. I'm your host, Kelly Riggs. Make sure you check us out online at www.bizlockerroom.com, and you can follow me at Kelly Riggs It's on a regular basis. Happy to welcome Miles Austin to the show. He is uh, at fillthefunnel.com, widely recognized as one of the premier experts on all tools online, and we're going to talk about a very special tool that you ought to be using. Miles, welcome to the
4: show. Great to have you. Thanks, Kelly. I've thoroughly enjoyed this first one, and uh, listening to you and Dan go back and forth uh, was a treat, and I put my pen down because I couldn't keep notes fast enough. <laughs> I tell you, he's, a, he's an exciting interview. I can't wait to have him back. But uh, you're is as a, a
1: regular kind of segment that we're going to do called X's and O's, and we're going to talk about tools, tools that you can use. And today, uh, you're going to tell me about a tool called Refresh. Give me a little outline of
4: how that works. Absolutely. Well, you know, look, the the whole premise of everything that we're going to talk about is that tools should be a way to help you and improve your performance and improve your life, not be just another shiny object. And so with that in mind, what Refresh really does is it gives you the ability to always go into, whether it's a phone call, a person-to-person meeting, a conference, whatever it might be, and know that you've got fresh, current, relevant information and updates on the person or the people you're going to meet.
1: All right, so let me let me make sure I understand. I've, I'm using the tool, and it's an app of some kind that I've got loaded in, in my phone or whatever the case may be. And, and I say I'm going to make a call on Miles Austin. I'm going to make a sales call on you. So I've got your name in there. It connects to my calendar, and before I get to that call, it pops up and tells me about all of your relevant social media
4: involvement. Am I hearing you right? Uh, absolutely, and that is really one of the key pieces of this. It's the only app that it's a mobile only. You can't even use it on a desktop or a laptop. It's a mobile app. It's available on either iPhone or on Google Glass. It'll be out on Android here very soon. But what really the power is very, I'll use an example. When I'm out in the parking lot of my next meeting and all of us are busy, whether you're executives or salespeople, doesn't matter. We're running from meeting to meeting, place to place, driving or walking, either way. And I'm sitting in that parking lot of my next meeting, and I haven't had the chance. I'm just too darn busy. So I look at my app, and about 30 minutes before each of your scheduled meetings starts, the people that you've identified in your, your calendar pop up in the refresh screen. And it shows you their current photo, usually pulled from something like LinkedIn, It shows you if they've had any recent tweets or if there's been an update on LinkedIn or company news from a blog. And anything that's tied to he or she or them, if there's more than one, all pulled automatically, showing up on your screen, live, fresh content. So right before you go into a sales call… You know exactly who you're
1: talking to, what they're talking about that day, the things that they're interested in. I mean, you get a real summary in terms of preparation for a sales call. That sounds a lot like uh, the article we were just talking about, five
4: things that super lucky people do. They, uh, they prepare in advance. Absolutely. And what I found, it's really a confidence booster. If you walk into a meeting and you, you knew you should have done this, you should have looked at their LinkedIn profile the night before, or you know, all the things we, we know we should do, we just don't always have enough time in our day. And so, with a mobile world that we live in, the ability to look down at your phone and literally be, as an example, let's say that one of the people you're going to be meeting with just was uh, out on spring break a week ago with with uh, with her son looking at colleges on the other coast from wherever they live. They've maybe made a post about that on Facebook or on LinkedIn or whatever it might have been. I now know two things about that person. I know that they, their family is important to them. I know they just are going through this whole process. And what a great way to start a conversation as we get into it, rather than, hey, how's the weather? And, you know, how about those cubs or whatever it might be in your market? Um, it's really a way to understand a lot more at a very personal level about the person you're going to meet with. Yeah,
1: fantastic. Hey, we're talking with Miles Austin. And in 2012 alone, he was recognized as one of the 25 influential leaders in sales, one of the top 50 sales and marketing influencers in that same year, one of the 40-plus sales experts you absolutely should follow on Twitter. You can find his email or his website, rather, at Funnel and uh, obviously on Twitter at Miles Austin. These are the kinds of tools you uh, recognize or see on a consistent basis, but you kind of make your living doing these kinds of things, and, and that's why you're going to be an integral part of the X's and O's segment. But where, where
4: do you come across all of these tools? How do you stay current on these things? Well, I'll tell you the truth. I live on the, the Internet, but very honestly, and it's tools like this, um, I've been doing this now for about eight years, Kelly, and I came from a sales and management background, um, in the B2B space. And so what's happened, I've really been blessed because I believe in the power of long-term relationships. And over the years, I've made a lot of relationships with really smart people who are now either venture capital um, investors, um, fund leaders, and a lot of cases are creating these new leading-edge products. And they know of me and I know of them. And so many times, I'll get a call from maybe an investor in one of the venture funds and they're going to say, "Miles." Can I have you take a look? Here's a URL or here's an app. Can you go take a look at it and tell me if things, this is even viable for the market that they're going after? So are new tools that are either brand new or, in many cases, using Refresh as an example, it's still in beta, but it's out there, it's available. And I believe it's the integration of these brand new tools because this technology is changing so fast that the integration of the brand new latest generation of tools is one of the key indicators of your ability to stay ahead of and set the pace in your industry versus just always being a follower. Sure. Social media, Miles, is,
1: has become just an absolute necessity in terms of what salespeople and business owners do. And yet there's so many of these tools available, uh, it really becomes difficult to kind of put all of these things together and use them productively. And what I what I see from Refresh is, is the ability to do exactly that. Combine all of these social networks and uh, help me through what is otherwise a a very busy day. And maybe if I don't get to a certain point in
4: preparation that I need to, this thing can uh, rescue me. 100%. And the the fact is, none of them understand what they've done on LinkedIn. Check their current Twitter feed to see what they're writing about or posting about. And again, exactly what you said. Refresh aggregates all of that for us in an automatic way, gives it to us 30 minutes or so before that meeting. So, I'm not getting this email a day or two before. I don't, have, I don't care and I don't have time to read it. But when I'm ready to walk into that meeting 30 minutes before, it's fresh on my screen. It's fresh in my mind. And very frankly, it's also very fresh. They might have just posted something that morning that obviously now I have an ability to demonstrate that they're important to me and I'm aware of what they're doing and what's important to them.
1: Man, no question, technology is just going crazy, but uh, so many good things that we can get out of it. Tell me, or tell the audience, rather, where do you find
4: Refresh? If I want to go download this as an app and try it, where would I find it? You can go to the app. The easiest way, very frankly, is just go to fillthefunnel.com. At the bottom, I've got a link to the app in the App Store. If you have one of those rare people that's already playing with Google Glass, it's that same post at fillthefunnel.com, you can click on the Android icon, and it'll give you the ability to sign up and be notified as soon as it's released on the Android platform. He's
1: Miles Austin. He's one of the people that you need to be following, especially if you have anything to do with sales or marketing or if you're looking for the kind of tools uh, that'll make a difference uh, in your business. Fillthefunnel.com. He's got a blog post that deals with this brand new tool, Refresh. You want to make sure you check that out. Now, next week when we get together, Miles, we're going to talk about a tool. It's been around a little while, but it's still one of those tools that I don't know that uh, people use as extensively as, as we might think. And
4: that tool is Evernote. Give us a summary capsule. Absolutely. Evernote is what I call the my it's my memory. Um, I, again, I, I just can't keep track of everything. And it's the ability to capture and remember anything of importance, online, offline, um, I write a lot of notes. I don't know about you, but I kind of came from that old school of having my little notebook or journal all the time, and I love to write notes. And I actually now talk about a new application of Evernote in an actual notebook that takes your, your actual handwritten notes, saves them as an image, and converts it to text the big benefit there, you can search for it using the web tools later and have it index it and say, What was that comment that Kelly made when he was talking to Dan Walshmit? Mm-hmm. I can search for Kelly. I can search for Dan in a handwritten journal. It'll take me maybe half an hour to find it. Using Evernote, it'll be right there in front of me, and I can then add that or use the information. That sounds fantastic. Folks, you want to make sure you tune in next week. Miles
1: Austin will join us. We'll talk more X's and O's, and we'll be looking at Evernote, and we'll take you through some of the pieces that you can use if you're in sales or you own a business or you're a writer, a consultant, those kinds of occupations. This is a tool you want to add to to your toolbox. Miles, good stuff today. Appreciate it. Thank you. enjoyed it. Great show. Miles Austin, fillthefunnel.com. You want to go take a look at his latest blog post, talking about this This tool, Refresh, I'm I'm really excited about that because I've found one of the big challenges is even in preparing for meetings in advance is going through finding all of the pieces and parts because people are in so many different areas of the Internet social media wise. But Refresh looks like a tool that can really play an interesting role. Okay, Imagine, if you will, rolling up uh, to, to meet a potential client Uh, to meet uh, uh, someone that you're being connected to, networked into, another business, whatever the case may be. And uh, 30 minutes before the meeting, up on your phone or tablet pops uh, a reminder about the meeting and all of the latest information that's coming out of their social media platform. Uh, Refresh sounds like a great tool. I want to encourage you to get on and check it out. Still in the beta stages, and you can get uh, much more information, I know, from, from Miles uh, at fillthefunnel.com. Well, that's going to wrap it up for our first show. What a great show. I'm, I'm excited about what's coming down the road. Next week, we'll have Danny Cahill on board. Danny Cahill, as I mentioned earlier, is uh, the biggest loser ever. He was a Season 8 winner of uh, The Biggest Loser. The reality show, uh, but he's got such a fantastic message. In fact, uh, the book that I wrote, Quit Whining and Start Selling, I asked permission uh, to use a part of his story in one of the chapters. And uh, the title of our, our show next week will come from his book. It'll be called Losing Your Quit. And he said, Hey, you know, one of the things that I recognize is that over time, I was able to lose weight. The problem is when you weigh well over 400 pounds and you lose 60 pounds, you really can't tell a difference. And it's very easy. Uh, to, to lose your nerve and to lose your, uh, that, that disciplined activity that Dan Walsh was talking about to kind of lose your way. And uh, he said, so every time I would lose 60 pounds, I would get discouraged and I would quit. And he said, what I found was, is that I had to, uh, I had to find a way to quit, lose my quit. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. I certainly hope you picked up some content that you can use. What a fantastic guest. Edgy Conversations you want to make sure you find his book on bizlockerroom.com and order it. Uh, special thanks to Kevin Gassman, our engineer, Brandy Jackson, the executive producer, and a big shout-out to our sponsor, our partner here, 4 d Sales. Make sure you look at them, 4DSales.com. Visit the show, bizlockerroom.com. I am Kelly Riggs, and I will see you next week in the Business Locker Room.